Hello, Pod Save Africa listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Pod Save Africa and Mythological Africans Collaboration, where we would be bringing you pre-hosted and pre-recorded conversations that Mythological Africans host every Fridays on their Twitter spaces called Fireside Fridays. And we'll be providing the information about these spaces and how you can be a part of them in the show notes at the end of the episode. Now to set the mood for the story you're about to hear. Imagine it's a Friday night. You've come back from a busy day of work or of school or, you know, just going about your day. You're looking for some time to just chill, to rest, and maybe to feel present in your experience. And so you decide, maybe not Netflix today, maybe not something else. Let me be a part of Fireside Chat Fridays. So you walk over to the gathering that you hear the chatter of, you feel the warmth of, you feel, you hear the cackle of the fire. So you walk over, you sit on the logs, you feel the warmth of the presence of the people around you and of the fire beside you. You lean in closer to just embrace the experience you're having. You feel relaxed, you feel energized, you feel ready for the experience of sharing, of embracing African folklore and tales. Mm. Now, on to the story. teachers from the Nupe people. Um, a man married a woman. The woman gave birth to a child. It was a boy. The boy throve and grew. He grew tall. And when he was grown, his father said to him, I will find you a girl to be your wife. You are now of age to marry. I do not want to marry, the young man said. You're old enough for it. But the young man refused. He took his bow and arrow and went away. He went into the bush. He went into another country. For five years, he remained in the bush, and there he became a hunter. At the end of five years, the mother and father went into the town. They asked everyone they met, who will go into the bush and fetch our son back? Who will go into the bush and fetch our son back? The woman came and said, did your son run away into the bush? My son ran away into the bush because I was going to give him a young girl to be his wife. Was that all? The woman asked. Yes, that was all. I'll go and look for him, the woman said. So the woman took off all her feminine clothing. She put on trousers and a long bonus, and she slung a bag over her shoulder and took a bow and arrow. She went into the bush to the place where the youth was living. She found him. The youth looked at her. He did not know that she was a woman. He took her for a man, 
And so they made, they became friends and went hunting together. They were, as they were out hunting together, the woman cried out, I have shot an edger buffalo. The youth came and said, you say you have shot an edger? Yes, the woman said. Then we must follow. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. And so the woman went left and the youth went to the right. After a time, the woman cried, oh, the edger has knocked me over. Help, help. In the meantime, she threw off her clothes and threw the bag on top of them and lay down a short distance away, naked, with her legs apart. As she lay there screaming, the youth came to her. What is wrong? He asked. What is wrong? Oh, the edger has butted me very hard. What part of you did it butt? The youth asked, concerned. It did not butt my head. It did not butt this arm. It did not butt that arm. It did not butt this leg. It did not butt that leg. It butted me in between. Everything has been pushed up inside. The youth looked closely and saw that this part of the woman was not the same as it was with him. Oh, that is bad, he said. Go, go and get the bag over there. In it, you'll find a bottle of Shigbe, Shigbe's medicine. Rub the, rub the place with it. The youth fetched the bottle. The bottle contained oil. He took some oil. He rubbed the part of the woman with it. If the medicine is any good, that part of yours too will begin to rise before mine does. And so the, the youth rubbed the part of the woman. But then his member began to swell. Has it any effect on you? The woman asked. Yes. Yes, it has an effect on me, the youth said. I then go on rubbing. If the treatment succeeds, what has been pushed in will come out again. Then the boy lay on top of the woman. He put his member inside her. For almost five minutes, he went on enjoying her. At last, he asked the woman, Where are you from? I belong here in the bush. Well, that's well and good, because if you go anywhere, I shall have to go with you so that I can keep on giving you medicine. Well, you know, I have to go. I have to go into town, the woman said. You have to go into town? Ah, you don't want me to give you medicine anymore? I know, I just, I have to go into town, the woman said. Well, in that case, I will follow you. So the woman got up and went into town. She went to the youth father and said, good day. I thank you. Good day, the father said. Your son will soon be here. He's following behind me. The father was very pleased. Accept my thanks, he said. Well and good. But as soon as your son arrives, you must give him a wife or he will run off into the bush again to look for medicine. I shall do as you say, the father said. And so the youth came. His father at once gave him a wife. And the youth was very happy. And from then on, he remained at home. All right, my people, what do you all think about this one? Yes, I see um, one was familiar with... Cause this was the story you said that... Would oh, no, 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 right? Rafia, that one is still coming. <laughs> you recognize him. <laughs> <laughs> I said this one is setting the stage for the other one. Ah, okay, okay. Because, you know, the thing with the medicine and all of that was what made me think of the story I shared with you that time. <laughs> I know. Oh, you know, now that you mention it, now that you mention it, Thank so um, this the story Rafiad is referring to. Um, you know, I should probably just find it and read it because it's pretty short and it's it's pretty funny. Is all right. So this one is a Yoruba. Uh, I believe this is an Odu. Yes, Rafiad. Yeah, it's from the Oduifa. Right. So this one is from the Oduifa, and it features medicine as well. And you know. This is perfect because it also is a good lead into the story that we're going to get into, which I'm pretty excited about. It's it's a good one. So companion story to this one. Great and powerful Odi. Powerful and great Odi. This Ifa is created for Odi, who was going to the market of Ejigomekun, who was in distress because he had no wife. It was for this Odi made sacrifice. And what did he offer as his sacrifice? 
It was told that he has offered an abundance of honey. He made the sacrifice, an abundance of honey he offered. His Ifa priest took some and made Ifa medicine from it. It was in this way Edi Oji entered the market of Edi Bomekun. He met the owner of the women of the market, and he poured one of the bottles containing the Ifa medicine all over his private parts, and he made passionate love to her. In great joy and ecstasy, he enjoyed her. And as a consequence, agitation was stirred, amongst many others who also wanted to make love to her. When they had all made love to her and were satisfied and full of joy, they began to sing. Owner of the women of the market, we say, you are the embodiment of sweetness. We shall never leave the market. Embodiment of sweetness. How cool is this, you guys? Go ahead, Noah. So, um, I don't know who remembers the story of Lot in the Bible. Where, mm-hmm. where the angels go to visit and then the people from the town are like, bring them out to us. Mm-hmm. But this is similar but different in that this is consensual and that wasn't, if that makes I'm any so sense. I'm so glad you said that because that story is one of the nightmare stories in the Bible for me. <laughs> Yeah, and so like I always, I always think about I always, I always think about that because for me it's like a, a lot of time when people talk about um that story it's always to do with homophobia and as a justification for homophobia and Christianity. But every time I think about it, I never see the what's it called. I never see the homophobia. I always see the sexual violence. Mm-hmm. And so this is, this is such a, it's almost the same story, except it's, there is consent here. Mm-hmm. And because of that, con- because, because of that consent, there is a joy that is spread that isn't in the other story, if that makes any sense. So give me a minute. No, no, that's fine. And and thank you for, for raising that point, because I think um, one of the things that we struggle with, um, you know, as humanity as a whole and on the African continent, because that's one part of the world I'm familiar with, is how, because so often, you know, the line of the line between sexuality and violence is blurred. You know, anything that steps outside of the conventional, you know, heterosexual, you know, marriage between man and wife, you know, that, that, you know, between, beyond those bounds gets a, a shadow cast over it. But that's usually because in many cases there is sex, sexuality in and of itself has this violent streak in it, which, you know, speaks to human history and things that have happened over time. Like I said, there are some stories in this book, which I will not read because just reading them myself, I went, whoa. <laughs> No. Wow. You know, it, it, it just, it goes there and not in a good way. But then you read some other stories where you get to see the joy in sex, the enjoyment, the sensuality, the fact that it's a beautiful thing, you know, that can be shared between two people of the same sex, between people of opposite sex, between more than one person at the same time. And that, you know, for me, that, you know, paints a little bit of a different picture, you know, opens up a little bit more possibility, you know, takes, removes that, that, that smear of violence and weirdness that can get cast upon it because it came out of a time when, you know, people were, people found certain things to be normal, right? A, a 
Another example I can think about is the case where in certain societies, um, older men would groom and groom younger men into relationships with them. Then, you know, uh, 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 being gay gets equated with being a pedophile, which is not just absolutely not the case. Absolutely not the case, but because it's coming out of that that way of seeing things, um, it, it just casts a, a strange picture on it. So what I appreciate about some of these stories is that they come from a different time and they, they push back, you know, against some of these these stereotypes that can get cast. So thank you for, for bringing that up, Noah. Um, and thank you for very quickly pointing out just what was wrong with that story, not story, because I... That that certainly was one of the ones reading the Bible growing up. I was thinking, what in the world is this? <laughs> you know, what is going on here? But yeah. So final story for the evening, also from the Nupe people. It's called The Myth of the Amazons. So a long, long time ago, women lived in the land of their own and men lived in the land of their own. The men's town was very, very big. And the women's town was very, very big. One day a hunter went out. He went a long way right across the country and he eventually he came into the women's country. The women saw the man. They fell upon the man and beat him. The man ran away quickly and fled back to his own country. He hurried to his king and said, I went far, far away. I came to another land. And in this other land, the people fell on me and beat me. I ran away from there as fast as I could. The king asked the hunter, what kind of people were they who drove you away? The people were different from what the hunter said. They had a piece of flesh here, indicates, he said, indicating one side of his chest, and a piece of flesh here, he indicated the other side, and they had long hair. They were very beautiful. The king said to the hunter, I should like to see this tribe. How can I see them? No one can see these people, the hunter said. Any man, as soon as he sets foot there, he will be beaten and driven out by that tribe. The king said, then go catch some and bring them here. Oh, king, it cannot be done, the hunter said. It cannot be done. Then fight them or do what you want. Only I have to see these people, the king said. We will not be able to fight them, the hunter said. For these people, they are stronger than we are. But if you let me go now, I will think about this thing until tomorrow. Then I will come back. Very well, the king said. And so the hunter went home. The next day, the hunter came back to the king and said, Do you want to see some of these people? Yes, yes, I do want to see some of these people, the king replied. So the hunter said, if you can provide good honey and sugar cane, I will do what I can to bring you these people, or some of them at least. The king said, you shall have the honey and the sugar cane. I will send for some at once. And so the king sent two men into the, into the bush to look for honey. And the two men went into the bush and found honey. And they brought a big guard full of honey to the king. The king gave the honey to the hunter. The hunter boiled the honey in water. He also took a honeycomb with honey still in it and put it in his shoulder bag. But he gave the honey water to the king. Then the hunter went out and cut a piece of sweet sugar cane, cut the cane into small pieces and put into his straw shoulder bag. Then he set out once more. The hunter went the same way as he had gone the first time and came again into the women's country. When the women saw the hunter, they ran towards him. They wanted to catch him and beat him, but he called out, don't beat me, don't beat me. I've got something very special. I've got something very sweet that I will give to your king but I have been sent by another king, so I must see your king. The other king counts for nothing, the women replied, but show us what is very, very sweet. If we take you to our queen, and this thing is not as sweet as you say, then our queen will kill you and she will be angry with us. 
I will gladly give you a little, for I have brought plenty with me. And so the hunter broke off a small piece of honeycomb filled with honey and gave it to the women. The women took it. The women tasted it. We spoke the truth, the women said. It is very good. The women ate some more. What is it, they asked. That is dirt from my king's Eba, and Eba in this means penis. I am to take it to your queen. Have you also brought your king's Eba? The women asked. Yes, yes, I have brought my king's Eba. It is up here in my shoulder back, where it is making its chekri. Chekri is dirt. It makes the dirt that you have been eating. The women said to one another, then we must take this man to our queen, for what he brings from his king is so good, and our queen must taste it. Yes, our queen must taste the king's eba and its dirt. Come with us, the women said. The women placed the hunter in their midst and took him to their queen. What sort of person is this, the queen asked. What do you want? I'm from, an, from, I'm from another country, the hunter said. My king sent me. My king has sent you, O oh queen, a present. I bring the present. The present is very sweet. What is it, the queen asked. The women who had brought the hunter said, Do not kill him, for his present is really very sweet. He's brought his king's eba. He has the eba in his bag. And in the bag, the eba is making its dirt. We have only tasted the dirt, but even the dirt is more sweet than anything we have to eat. Do not kill the man. Hmm, the queen said, looking at the hunter. Give me some of the sweetness your king has sent. I will taste it. Oh, queen, let us go into the house. We cannot stay here in the katamba. The katamba is the, the courtyard. And so the queen went into her house with the hunter. The queen sat down on her bed. The hunter sat down beside her on the bed. Now give it to me, the queen said. Taste the check riba, the hunter said. He broke off a piece of honeycomb and gave it to the queen. The queen put it in her mouth. Hmm, it is sweet. The queen chewed it. It is very good. Give me some more. And so the hunter gave the queen the rest of the comb. The queen ate the whole comb and then she said, It is very good. It's, it is eba dirt. You know, how can I get an eba? Do you want an eba? The hunter asked. I have one with me. In my country, everyone has an eba. I also have the eba of my head, my dead dako, that's my grandfather with me. First, eat my dako's eba. The queen said, I will. Give me some. And so the hunter put his hand into his bag and brought out a piece of sugar cane. The hunter gave the queen a piece of sugar cane and said, Chew, this is my dako's eba. This is my grandfather's eba. The queen took the sugar cane and chewed it. It is very good. It is very good. Give me some more, she said. And so the hunter gave the queen all the sugar cane that she ha he had with him. The queen ate it all. Give me some more of your dako's eba. Well, I, I no longer have any more of my dako's eba. For each of my dako's only had one eba, you know. So each man in a country only has one eba. Every man in your country has one eba that can be eaten? The queen asked. Yes, yes, every man in my country has one eba that can be eaten. But the person's eba is not eaten once and for all. An eba can be eaten every day, once or even twice. Have you got an eba? The queen asked. Yes, I too have an eba. Is it possible for me to eat your eba? The queen asked. It is possible for you to eat my eba. But the living person eba, it's, it's eaten differently. How is a living person's ever eaten? Shall I show you? The hunter said. Yes, yes, show me. And so the hunter said, lie down on the bed. The queen lay down on the bed. The queen's bed was very fine. The hunter lay down beside the queen. Put your legs around me, he said. The queen put one of her legs over the hunter. Feel here, the hunter said. The queen took hold of the hunter's ever. The queen put the hunter's ever into her vagina. The hunter had intercourse with the queen. 
It is very good, the queen said. It is very good. It is sweeter than the sweetness of the Dako's eba. Let me eat your eba again. And then the hunter had intercourse with the queen for a second time. Oh, the queen said, in your country, everyone has an eba like this, an eba that can be enjoyed over and over again. Oh, yes, the hunter said, in my country, every man has an eba like this. But my king has an eba that is by far sweeter than mine. I would like to try eating your king's eba, the queen said. If you want to eat my king's eba, why not come to him? Tomorrow, I shall go straight back and tell him that you're coming. Yes, yes, I think I will. Yes, you can go to your king and tell him that I will come to him with my women to try out this eba. But stay with me a while longer that I may eat your eba again. And so the hunter remained two more nights with the queen and slept with her each night. The hunter said, now I will go back to my king. Stay with me another two nights so I can eat your eba again, the queen said. I cannot stay any longer, the hunter said. If I do, my king will be angry with me. Then my king will punish me. You want my king to punish me? Did I not bring you something sweet? All right. You brought me something sweeter than I have ever tasted. I do not want your king to punish you. But you must stay with me. Is it not easy for you to come to us? Then you will get something sweeter than you have had from me. Yes. I think I will. Let us go. I will go with you. Let me go on ahead and tell the king that you're coming. Yes, go on ahead and tell your king that I am coming. Tell me that I am, tell me that, tell him that I am coming with my people. I want all my women to be given Eba since everyone in your country has one. Each of your women will be given Eba, the hunter said. There will be no problem. We have enough. And so the queen went out to her women and said, I have tasted the Eba. It is sweeter than anything else. The hunter is going to see his king. The hunter will tell the king that I am coming. And I am bringing all of you with me. The hunter will have an eba for each one of you when we get there. Each one of us will have a sweet eba, the women cried out. Each one of us will have an eba. And so the hunter went. The hunter crossed the countryside and came back to his town. The hunter went to his king. He said to his king, I have again been to those people. Will I be able to see those people? The king asked. I have made friends with those people. The queen is coming with her people. The queen wants to eat your eba. The other women also want to eat ebas. Then the people, when these people arrive, each woman should be given one man to sleep with, away from everyone else. Then you will see what will happen. It is very good. You have done it. It is not bad. It is very good. It is much better than anything else the hunter assured his king. Then I will call all our people together and tell them what you have told me. When are these people coming? I can go now and bring them. Yes, yes, go as quickly as you can. And so the hunter went away. He came, back with the, he came back to the woman and said to the queen, My king asks you to come to him now. Each of you will be given not only Eba dirt, but an Eba that is good. Let us go there now. Each of us will have a sweet Eba. Each of us will have a sweet Eba, the women said as they went. We will stay with the men for two months. Then we must go home again. And so the women packed their guards and put them on their heads and the hunter went ahead of them. The hunter arrived in the king's town with the queen and her women. The king received the queen. All the men were with their king. The king led the queen into his house. The king slept with the queen. Every man slept with the woman. This is sweeter by far than anything else the women said. Then the queen said to the king, I will stay with you for two months. Then I will live with my women. The queen and her women stayed for two months in the men's town. When the two months were over, the queen said, you know, I think we will stay another two months in this country. Then I and my women, we must go home. And then the queen and her women stayed two more months in the men's town. When the two months were over, the queen said, you know, I think we'll stay two months longer. And so the women stayed on in the men's country and the women became pregnant. 
the women bore children. The children got to know each other and married each other and bore children. And men and women never separated again. The women did not ever again go away from the men. And that is the end of this story. All right. Rafiat, do you recognize this one? Oh, okay, I'm not sure. This I'm is similar. Sure. So you remember the story from the, um, was it the Bayaka or the Benjeli, um, the forest people in Central oh. Africa? Oh, yes. So let me tell you guys the story. So it's, it's another variation of this story about how men and women got to know each other. So it starts with, you know, men living separately from women. And this is from the forest people in Central Africa. I believe it's either the Bayaka or the Benjeli. I'll have to find the link um, to this video and put it in here. And so this one hunter one day was going through the forest and came to a river and he, you know, was trying to catch fish. Then he saw a little kokoyam going down the river. And kokoyam is, you know, grows under the ground. So if there's a kokoyam floating down the river, it means someone took the time to dig it up and was washing it in the river. So he looks at this and he's like, what? So he starts walking up the river, up the river, up the river, going towards where the kokoyam must have come from. And then eventually he comes into this crowd, you know, of, of creatures that he had never seen before. You know, and they were all very suspicious of him and they came, you know, close to him, touched, poked, like, what is this? And of course he got aroused and, you know, they took him in their midst and, you know, one man, 20 women, things happened, you know, they, they had a jolly good time, jolly good time. And this man was just, you know, completely odd. So he ran all the way back to the, to the men's village and he said, you know, I have found the most glorious creatures on earth. You guys have to come see this. And men were like, are you sure? You know, would they not chase us off? He said, no, I know what, I know how to do this. So he had each of the men, you know, take a bit of honey, honey on the comb with them. So they came and they surrounded the, 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 the women's village. And their plan was that they would run in and startle the women. And then as the women were you know, all confused, they would like shoot the honey at the women. And it was a crazy plan, but this is what happened. They gave a signal. The men run into the village. The women scatter. They are screaming. The men shoot the honeycombs at the women, knocks them on the heads. And the women are all confused, like, what is happening? As they, they were standing there confused, the honey trickles down their face. They taste it. They're like, hmm, this is sweet. This is sweet. What is this? And they're standing there confused. Each of the men run up and, you know, grab a woman by the hand and takes her, you know, and talks to her. And, you know, very soon things are happening. And it literally turns into an orgy. And after that, the men were never separate from the women again. So what is interesting is that the story we just read comes from the Nupe people who are in Nigeria, like I said, west coast of Africa. And the story which I just shared, it comes from the central African region, one of the forest people who you might know of as the pygmies, but I believe that's like a pejorative term that is discouraged at this time. So the forest people. So I, I think it's just when I read this one this evening before we had this session, I was like, huh, interesting that this story is showing up, you know, in another part of the continent, which, you know, now makes me wonder if this is one of those stories that is pretty common or if this is a story that, you know, traveled around with people. Um, but let me find this. Let me find this particular story so I can share with you guys. But in the meantime, what, what did you guys think about this one? Um, I just find it very funny how honey is always like a metaphor. Mm-hmm. I find it always sort of like it's always basically honey is possibly <laughs> in all these stories and all these culture. 
And I, I don't know if you were here for that um, particular... Um, yeah, I was. I was. I remember it now. Right. And one of the things uh, one of the participants said was that, um, like, honey and, you know, palm wine and, you know, things that come out of, naturally out of the ground, nectar and things like that are sweet, are good to drink. There is usually a lot of symbolism and, you know, meaning attached to them. So, and if I remember, I, I may not be thinking about this correctly, um, uh, uh, the Orisha Oshun is also associated with honey because one of one of her main powers is her ability to use, you know, the the softness and sensuality of being a woman to get 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 her aims across. I think there was a there is a story how there was this kingdom that nobody could defeat. You know, warriors could not defeat them, but Oshun basically did a dance and was able to you know, get these men under control. So it, it makes sense that honey just being this naturally sweet substance, you know, has all these layers of symbolism around it. Um, but I am going to share this in here. This is a video um, given by Jerome Lewis. He's with the Radical Anthropology Group, um, which, you know, if you don't follow them, they're a great group to follow because they do a lot of work amongst the forest people. And their stories are just the... the research and the stories that come out of them are just amazing. So I shared that in the chat as well. All right, Noah. Hey, um, so it's funny that what you were saying about palm wine and honey, cause in my culture, which is a fusion of the Edo and Igbo cultures in Nigeria and quite a few other cultures in Nigeria, at wedding um, ceremonies, uh, a traditional wedding ceremony, the couple are always given a glass of palm wine to share. Mm -hmm. And they're also given a taste of honey. Ooh. Yeah, so that's a, that's a really common thing. And, uh, yeah. And um, also, I remember watching this documentary a while back and um for the forest people honey is a big thing so um it's actually one of the ways the men um express their romance mm -hmm. basically these guys they go on the way um people go on hunting trips they go on honey trips mm -hmm. and they will literally go and um steal a honeycomb and bring it to their to their wives or to their partners. Oh, and the woman actually look at it as a sign of um like deep deep affection that he's gone and he's got stung by bees to bring her honey. It's 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 it's, it's massive for them. So it was interesting reading that. I'm listening to you read that, yeah. Well, thank you for, for sharing that, but also sharing um about the you said Edu, correct? Yes, the, right. Yeah, that, the, that tradition of you know giving palm wine and honey. You know, I'm curious now what the I means. Generally understandable what that symbolism is, but I, I bet you know there is a richer, richer discussion to be had about you know palm wine and honey and what what that means. You know, its presence at the at the wedding ceremony. But yes, absolutely. You know, 
honey is is one of those substances across the world which is just an account of its sweetness it's associated with you know affection sensuality you know love and things like that so it 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 makes sense it makes absolute sense it does it really does any any other thoughts on this story I was going to say, we were talking about how uh, things travel across the world, and I had to look it up and remember that in the 16th century, they used to give the married couple enough mead to last the first month of marriage, and that's where we get the phrase honeymoon. So it looked at what, however it started, it made it to Europe in the 16th century. Fascinating, fascinating. I 